Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's Deborah and Jackie. We're in the studio, and Hello, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, 2022. And this is our first recording, and we want to start with a bang. So today we're going to tackle two subjects: yes, health and wealth. Amen. Okay, and these are super issues that we're hearing about in the media all the time. Mm -hmm. The polarization of these issues, and also how they stand out among the general population. Yes. And let me throw a mind-blowing statistic out for everybody. Okay, in the two years, or two years and how many months since this pandemic has yes. fallen on us with uh, different uh, variants, the 10 richest people in the world have increased their personal wealth by $57 trillion. Wow. Yeah, you heard that. That is staggering. That is staggering. $57 trillion. And with that $57 trillion, Jackie, it does not really guarantee good health. Because you could be healthy, but you're not wealthy. And you could be wealthy, but you're not healthy. So, and you can't have both. Some people think you can have both, but you really can't have both. You have to sacrifice one for the other. So, with all that money, what is the guarantee of our healthcare system, really? There is nothing. And, and truthfully, as you say, a lot of people who have money and don't necessarily utilize it in the most efficient way, mm -hmm. but when they think that they're going to supposedly live forever and that they're invincible... Sadly, they are not, because when we're talking about declining health, we're talking about physical limitations, but right now, mental and cognitive issues are top of the line, mm -hmm. okay? We have a lot of very, very sick people at an institutional level who are getting younger and younger, so mm -hmm. that when we say that uh, people think of themselves as invincible, we are not. We're actually quite vulnerable. Yeah. And what we want to discuss is what has the continuation of this pandemic done to an aging population? Absolutely. That's a really great question there. What has it done to an aging population? And as we um, hear on the news on a daily basis, we get these statistics and updates about the COVID and, and the vaccines and all that. And outside of that, we don't hear about the, the mental trauma that people are really facing from all this um, craziness that's happening. And that has really increased in numbers. And you know, we have Bell Let's Talk, um, Mental Health Day. And who are these people that really fits that, that sort of, uh, profile? profile? There. Yeah. Who are these people? Because when you think about it, I feel like in, because I'm in the healthcare field, as you know, and I think like as a PSW, there's so much that we have to take on. There's so much that we have to unfold and embrace. And we really do need a mental day off sometimes, you know? And I feel like a lot of nurses don't really hit the panel with that mental, with that mental note. And it's not just for people who has Alzheimer or depression or bipolar or, or, or dementia. It's really for everyone who is facing mental challenges. You know, it could be from stress level because the stress level right now is so high in the healthcare field that my anxiety is through the roof. It is. And there's less and less people in this field now, because as you say, the pandemic is hitting at an institutional level. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people are either walking away from the profession altogether because of stress mm -hmm. or they're reducing their hours to the point where the institution is limited in its ability to care for other people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know we're predominantly talking to an American audience, right. but right now we're going to look at Canada. Does Canada have a great health care system for the aging? You because 
right now, according to information that's out there, about 90% of people, and, and this would be in European countries as well as Canada, if they had a choice, they would like to stay in their own homes for as long as possible rather than go into an institutional setting. Right. And to make that choice, uh, a lot of people feel that it constrains their life, that if you have an older relative, it puts a lot of pressure on you to have to stay uh, with this relative and look after them day by day. Mm -hmm. It's a very challenging thing. And if I'm honest, I am in the midst of that to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two parents fairly close in age and their decline. One is, is more physical mm -hmm. and the other is cognitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of them is, is hospitalized at this mm -hmm. point, but the other one I have care yeah. that I provide, you know, right. and it is somewhat stressful for me to yeah. live my life, to, uh, to produce income in the way I like to do it. And, you know, to still have a life with friends and, and family while I'm looking after this. Yes. So I would say honestly that it's very, very challenging situation. It's very, very challenging. It is challenging. And it's challenging in a sense from, even though we're talking about Canada in a sense of free healthcare, I, I really, I really want to talk a little bit about what is really free healthcare because going to the doctor, presenting your health card and not paying for that visit will be, would be defined as free healthcare. But then there's so many other things behind of that, that comes from pocket. And we're not in an economy right now where it's financially productive because of the, the pandemic. It's really has a strain on finance. So a lot of people are going through that finance, financial um, burden, even though there are 10 people that has the trillion dollar make, right? Um, for the, for the minority and for the low income families, we have free healthcare to take us to a visit. But then when we get the result of that visit, that comes the pocket money and we don't have it. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the, the cognitive uh, sense of decline, then the physical, because with this pandemic, as a nurse, I have to do so much lifting, pulling, shoving. And so my body takes the toll on that. And if I were to go to my doctor for a full assessment and she's going to give me no bill for the visit, but then she's going to give me a bill for maybe for rehabilitation, maybe for medication. And if I don't have those benefits covered at work, that comes straight from my pocket, which is not refundable by government in taxes. Right. So, you know, it is such a, a, a big umbrella to really put yourself on there and say, well, I am sheltered, but we're not. We're exposed so much to all this, to all these things that, that we have to face. And that's a really excellent point, Deb, because then we come back to the question of health versus wealth. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is that in a lot of cases, people cannot afford to pay for the services that they genuinely need. Exactly. And with an aging population, um, unless you have maybe really good insurance from a long employment history or something, you're basically left out in the cold. Mm -hmm. Because do you know in the province of Ontario, there are about 625 plus nursing homes, okay? Yes, wow. And more than almost 60% of them, 57% to be exact, are privately owned. Privately owned privately for profit. Owned for profit. For profit. And sadly, a lot of these nursing homes are not run efficiently. No. What we have heard have been most of the outbreaks, most of the deaths have happened in these privately run facilities. People have been left unkept, you know, and, and if they perhaps pose too much of a mental threat to the staff, they are either drugged extensively or isolated or things like that. And their quality of life is right in the toilet. And yeah, the decline of their yes. quality of life start happening. 
you know, and, and you are right. Since the pandemic has started, we hear more and more about these um, homes that is being affected terribly, whether it's through staffing or uh, the decline of um, the, the residents, the decline of the care. Because when you have a floor that has, let's say, 30 residents and you only have a staffing of three personal support worker plus the registered nurse, the, 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 the care for these residents are not being met. And so... I had to ask the question the other day to one of my managers. I said, what do you really think is, is killing these residents? Is yeah. it the, is it the, the virus? Is it the vaccine or is it the isolation? And when you really think about it, the isolation is the most dangerous of them because before the virus, they were being isolated. And on top of the virus, it's more isolation. It's like you're going into this black hole. You know, and it's just no way out and you just give up and you die, you know. So when we're talking about government funding these these institution, the question is, where is the money being put into these institutions? How is the money being allocated? Because there's a lot of residents that need one on one because they're, they're, they're so um, needy yeah. that I don't have time if I have 10 residents to look at. I can't pay attention to that one residence and my heart breaks because I see the need um, for, for that service. But then even though that's one deficiency, they, that, that residents have to have like 10 different deficiencies before they get the real service help that they need to start getting attention. And it's sad. And to have 627 homes in Ontario alone, does not guarantee that your family is being well taken care of. So when the question asked, would you prefer, actually the question is, now that you're hearing this live from us, yeah. the question should be in your mind, what's my, what's my preparation? Am I going to be prepared to retire at a nursing home or at home? Some of us can't even afford to go to a nursing home, first of all, because we don't have the income or the savings for that. And it's extremely expensive. It's extremely expensive. I have a relative that put uh, an aunt of mine who was a top executive many, many years ago, put her into a home. And this person was a principal at a mm -hmm. school. So they had a very high income and good benefits. But I'm telling you, they paid over $35,000 a year to put someone into a private facility. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even though the, the, the person did not live more than three years, that was still a hundred grand. Yeah. And how many people have that kind of money right to be now. able to look after their relative? It's obscene. And it's not available for most of us. No. And we'd have to lose a lot of the things we already have, like probably our homes and things to put people there and seniors that may not even want to be there in the first place. Exactly. Because I have a, my father who begs me, never put me in one of those homes, yes. never put me there unless I reach the point where I don't know my name. I don't know anything. And then I don't care. Yeah. But as long as I'm able to communicate with you and know my address and recognize my granddaughter or my daughters, don't put me there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he tells me that. So, I mean, I would be heartbreaking for me to know that he was stuck in a place that he truly hated when I could have done something to help him. Yeah. In the intermediate. And we're not trying to say that nursing homes are not great. We're just saying um, not all of them 
I'm, I'm going to be bold is. enough to say most of them are not yeah. great. And that if, that if they really took a poll, which sometimes they don't even have the resources to do that, right. they just continue to operate. And we only hear little bits and pieces, you know, in a splintered form from family members whose relatives have been violated, you know, yeah. that, that they don't call an ambulance when a, a certain issue should be dealt with, mm-hmm. you know, that they don't properly, you know, um, protect uh, the people in these places by um, making sure that their their attempt their chances of getting the virus are limited they don't provide proper cleanliness and care for them on and on it goes and there yeah. is a lot more of it than we are aware of yeah and those issues does not and those issues don't just create itself right it, it comes from a systemic it, uh, it comes from a systemic point because you know the government has this new program now where they're paying um PSWs to go back to school and if they meant if they get into a full-time position they get $5000 now why wasn't i so lucky to get, to obtain that sort of uh, policy when as it is now yeah but at the same time what you're doing is you're encouraging a group of people to just apply them to apply themselves for this position that they don't really need and they have no business being in and you're putting resident at risk for people who is not re- their heart and it's not their passion to be there, but because of the incentive, it draws them in. Yeah. And as soon as they retain that money, they're out of the game, you know? And then you have uh, a shortage of staffing, you know, you have a high employee turnover, you know? And so the government really need to think about how are you allocating, like you have a budget of 7.2 million or whatever the case may be to put into healthcare, but how are you really alloc- allocating that money? According you to know? stats that I've read, Deb, they are giving 80% of this money to nursing homes, whether it's privately run or not for profit or government owned, most of the money goes into these homes. And even though people would like their own private care, they don't make any provisions for that. Yeah, because exactly. if you're at home uh, and you have to renovate your home or do different things to make it more accessible, that's all out of pocket. Mm-hmm. There may be a few grants here and there, but it's a very costly process and mm-hmm. a lot of changes would have to be made. Mm-hmm. On top of that, um, you know, uh, I have to be very critical of the PSWs, even yeah. though they do their best, but I have to be critical in the sense that most of them will give you two hours a day of their time. Mm-hmm. So maybe two one hour sessions. What do you do in two hour sessions yeah. when you have to deal with that person? 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. How much does that really help? I know that's what the system provides, mm-hmm. but it really is insufficient. Yes. You know, I think a lot of the resources would be better allocated to help with home care yeah. and to make it more substantial so that you have more freedom and that you know your, your, uh, family member is being cared for. Cause I'm not even going to say senior because you know, for a fact, Deb, that especially with mental issues, people are coming in at younger and younger ages. Okay. Yes. So it's not enough to say, well, that person is 76 years old or 86 and they're going downhill anyway. Their body's frail. They're, you know, they're, they're not going to live that long. No, people are going into these homes at 48, yes. 39, mm-hmm. you know, in their early fifties. And we are told that 50 should be the new 30. Yeah. Really? then how come people are going downhill mentally at yeah. a faster rate? And mentally and physically. Yes. Physically, because, you know, you can take a wrong, wrong turn and before you know it, you're a paraplegic. Yeah. You know, or you could be working so hard trying to earn your money for retirement and you you you, you, ha- you start having knee issues or, or, or back issues. And that really puts a toll on your body because it's funny when when you 
hurt one part of your body, the your entire body reacts. Absolutely. Because yep. you know that old sound, the head bone is connected to the neck bone, the neck bone is connected to the backbone. Right. And it's all in accordance. Yep. So when you hurt one part of your body, don't just take it lightly and be like, oh, it's just a finger. That finger triggers the muscles in your shoulder in your elbows, mm-hmm. down to your back. Right. So you really got to take care of yourself. And if you, if you, if you, if you deny taking care of yourself, then you're going to pay the consequences. And if you're not financially stable to suffer the consequences of a lost wage or lost insurance, yep. then you might as well be in your coffin. Yeah. You're in very trouble. And, and most importantly too, the, the social issues that are affecting us right now because of this pandemic. There's supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. People can't find certain things that they desperately need. Mm -hmm. They're under more family pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's abuse in homes because Mm -hmm. of the stress that's created, you know, and all these kind of things that when stress debilitates your life, you better believe it that you're going to have mental impairment. Mm -hmm. And that is also going to take its physical toll on your body. Unless you balance all these things out, you're going to be headed for a hole. So don't look at other people and say, ah, I'm young. I'm invincible. These no. things can't happen to me. We're like yes, dust, they according can. to the Bible. We're yeah. Like yes, they can. You can be here today, gone tomorrow. Yep. We're not invincible at all. No. Nope. Now let's talk about PSWs for a second. Now I know you said you could be critical about them. Yeah. But I must say that there are some good PSWs as well as there are some horrible PSWs. Okay. And I could, and I, and I would say the ones who are horrible are the ones who don't have the passion and the heart for what they do. But when you're a PSW who is a single mother and you have to, you have no daycare system for your children, but you still have to find a way to get them there, still hustle on a bus to get to this job. And then when you get into those homes, you're being treated less than who you are, yeah. that does not really motivate you or inspire you to do a great job because your whole, like your whole demeanor is being depleted right now. And you feel like, Whoa, wait a minute. Why am I, why am I here? Yeah. You know? So, so that person job to come in and take care of your mother might seem a little bit like uh, resistive. Like I don't even feel like I want to do this. And really and truly it's the approach because a lot of agencies right now are taking advantage of PSWs and a P- and PSWs are reacting. It's like what you buy is what you wear. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if you tell me I'm going to get paid $30 an hour, that is an incentive. I'm perked up. I'm ready to work. Yeah. But when I get my paycheck and it's really $20 an hour, I mean, I, I don't want to quit the job, but you're not going to get my full support. You're not going to get my full potential to work. And so that's what really breaking down the, the chain of the, the healthcare system is the systemic barriers for precarious workers who are not really being um, represented in a way that they should. Because I think if you are, if the, if the agencies and the government start acknowledging, they will see a difference in the care. Right. We're not talking about the, the, the system itself, but the difference in the care, the level of care that they can provide for these residents. You know, um, if the government really use the funds and and spend it in the way that it should, um, you would see a lot more, a lot less deaths and isolation in the, in, in our healthcare field. So because, I think it then comes down again to the health wealth paradigm yes. that in a lot of cases, it becomes a for-profit scenario. Exactly. So it's not about the people anymore. It's no. about the bottom line. Exactly. So if a lot of these facilities can make a profit by cutting back on services, cutting back on staff, as you say, and not treating staff fairly, mm-hmm. not giving them the compensation that they deserve, mm-hmm. then in effect, what they're doing is they're weakening the system. They're so weakening the system. So how can you talk about wealth 
independent of, of the health of the, the general population yes. and your own personal well-being. Mm-hmm. That all people can see is the accumulation of money. But what are you doing with that money? With that money. Where is the distribution of it? And yeah. this is the problem. This is what's making the world that we live in so inequitable. Yeah. Because, I mean, more and more, I am disgusted when I look in places and I see... Uh, so much homelessness around me and yes. so much degeneracy, you yeah. know, and, and there is really no way to care for these people. But right among people who have good jobs and are working nine to five and doing the best they can, they are breaking down mentally. Yeah. And there's no place for the system for them. Exactly. So so this is why this this parallel of health versus wealth is so important. Yeah. And as you know, Jackie, as you just mentioned, when we look around and we see so many people who are homeless, they're not just homeless. They have mental issues as well. Yeah. And there is no institution for them to go and get the help that they need. So we have more sick people out here than we do with resources for these people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. True. So, I mean, how do we compensate that? How do we do it? Right. Because it's not, it's not just me and you. Yeah. They say it takes a village to raise a child. It does. And it does take a, a big giant political system to run this country. Yep. And instead of that, I see this country is like Canada is not what Canada used to be anymore. Exactly. It used to be about the people, but now it's all about self. It's all about individual profit. It's all about individual gain. Meanwhile, everybody else is being just shattered. It's like every man for themselves. Basically mm-hmm. you want a job, you find a job, you get the job you want the money for the job? You take whatever I can give you is basically what this is. So, when we're, so and you know, and it really makes me sad that they're pushing the agenda for everybody to be vaccinated, which is good. I'm not against the vaccination. But if somebody says, no, I don't want to be vaccinated, you shouldn't have to punish them by taking away their jobs or taking away their rights. And well, what is really freedom of rights? And then when we talk about, okay, you're okay to say that anybody who get pregnant can have an abortion. It's my body. It's my choice. Why isn't it the same rule applied for the, for who don't want to be vaccinated and still able to keep the job and still live a, a life that is not stressful? That does not bring on all this drama that really there's no, there's no outsource for that. Well, you know, that's a complicated issue, the whole vaccination thing, and we have touched on it before. But what I will say, the only thing that concerns me is the constant amount of variance that can keep coming up. And I personally do not want to be somebody who has six or seven vaccines (laughs) back to back. So that concerns me. I mean, I have, I have done my vaccination, but I do not want it to be a constant recurrence every six months as something new develops. So again, they've, they've got to work on that area as well. Exactly. And I do think, again, we don't even know that that could be trapped in the, the health wealth scenario yeah. in the sense that there's money in producing these vaccines but it is a, and constantly a- producing them and getting people to inject themselves with it. Yeah. So there's a whole other dynamic here. So we're really, you know, in a bad position in the sense that there's there's so much money circulating out there. Yeah. And I don't think it's being used in the right way. Yeah. Because 10 people in a lifetime cannot spend $57 trillion. <laughs> so let's be candid. 10 people can never spend that money. And can you so imagine? It's, it's a paper figure, but it's absolutely obscene when yeah. there's so many things that need to be done in this world. Well, you know, when I hear about, the, you know, I was watching this documentary about millionaires and billionaires. And, and, you know, interestingly, what the author was saying, you know, a lot of people hear about billionaires and children, but they don't really have that money in the bank. This 
is all in liquid, you know, yeah. assets and all that stuff. That's what they have as an accumulation of wealth. Yeah. But they don't really have the physical funds. Yeah. But still, even if you were to, you know, liquidate some of those, you you will come into the money. Yes. So you're still you a would. trillionaire, a billionaire. Yeah. But the, but as you said, and I agree with you. How are you really utilizing that money? What is the purpose? What's your purpose in this world? Yeah. Is your purpose to be a receiver but not a giver? Is your purpose to be to not to be a humanitarian? Like is your purpose to just watch people die knowing that you have resources that can help them and not really contribute to exactly. that? Exactly. And also most sadly to be apathetic and just whitewash the issue. Yeah. That when you can step over a homeless person or pretend you didn't see them and go yeah. about your day, you know, that's pretty appalling. And it, yeah. it is a sign of uh, not only uh, a lack of respect and regard for humanity, but it is also an indication of the degeneracy of the world around you. Yeah. So, you know, I think we've said a lot here and we've left you with, you know, hopefully something to think about. But, you know, we're, we're going to delve into to this issue in other ways as well yeah. if the opportunity presents itself to come up. Well, I think but this is a continuous issue. It um, is Jackie, something that's important. Because, because as the generation, as you say, as we have an aging generation that's happening, we have the variants and all these things that happen and so i think it's a this it's, it's an open table discussion that we're gonna have to have back to back because yes. the decline and the increase of it needs to be exposed it does absolutely and I think, you know, we've, we've given you a good introduction here and left you with a lot to think about because as young and vibrant as you may be now, and you may be salting away money for your retirement, mm -hmm. you could kick it shortly after you think yep. that life is going to begin, you know, yep. and you may not even get a chance to enjoy all the resources you've put together. Yep. So, you know, you, you have to live and let live. And this is not happening anymore. It's as Deb said, it's all about me. Yeah. What can I get for myself? How much more can I get? How much can I take away from someone so mm -hmm. that I can have more? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it is, it is, it is a lot to, to think about. You know, and as the Bible says, you know, we always want to give you that phrase from the Bible, you know, and God said, let no man plan for tomorrow because he doesn't own tomorrow. And for everybody, I mean, for all of us, we always plan for the future, right? And so what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, be cautious with your life and at the same time, pay your respects to others who needs it and especially to God. Sow your seeds right. Sow your seeds right. What is due unto Caesar? Give it unto Caesar. Sow your seeds right. Because it's not all about taking. It's, it's about giving and sharing as well. And if you say you love God, but you can watch your brother die, then you don't have love at all. The greatest gift of life is love. Absolutely. Well said. Well, my name is Jackie. And my name is Deborah. And thank you guys so much for listening. We hope this podcast reaches you and, you know, just inspire you to really think about your life, where you are now and, and how you think your life is going to be because you don't know when it's going to end. Absolutely. And on this Bell Let's Talk Day, which is all over the world, yes. give some thought to uh, to mental issues yes. and, and to the placement of people, where their lives could wind up and yeah. how their lives could be so easily go from good to bad, yeah. which could happen to all of us. And also just remember, you, you have this one life and the most important person to you is you. Take care of yourself first. Take your vitamins. Make sure you do your regular checkup because you have a body that is supposed to be your foundation. And if your foundation is weak, then your whole system is going to crumble. So the real, the real thing is regardless of what's going on around you or what's going on around the world, take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Absolutely. My name is Deborah, And my name is Jackie. Thank you.